would have known you 18 years ago because you basically got 40 teenagers to do whatever you wanted with just hand motions. <laughs> I got none of that. I would, I would do that and this and no one would listen, but you just start doing that and everybody does what you have to say. We'll talk afterwards. Maybe you can help us out. Uh, but I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, well, it is time, people. It is time for Christmas caroling. So, uh, it's so perfect that uh, Choral Edition's here because last night um, we had like our own little mini Choral Edition that didn't have any tryouts. So we just let anybody in, which was good. Um, this is me behind the camera, which is where you want me when people are singing. But so one of our local go opportunities is we got to go to the assisted living uh, facility right at the top of this hill and sing songs to a bunch of seniors. And so there was about 18. Sydney George, one of our young adults, leads that. And they got to sing, and I, I saw, I was uh, standing next to one of the ladies who lives there, and I heard, I heard her turn to another lady and just say, they sound like angels. And, uh, and uh, I said, you're welcome. If I would have been up there, that wouldn't have happened. But, <laughs> but it was so beautiful. And how many of you guys know that sometimes Christmas, maybe in a place like that for some of those people, can be maybe an extra lonely time? And so they got to go and sing Christmas songs, give them ornaments and candy canes. It was really beautiful. In fact, Sydney George, uh, not only did she lead us in Christmas caroling, but she does something every month at that, at that facility. And if you would ever be interested in going, uh, she goes and plays games with them. Bingo, uh, Texas Hold'em, uh, all kinds of stuff. They gamble a lot over there. No, I'm just kidding. They're on fixed incomes. They don't do that. But... Um, but they do go and play a lot of games and have a lot of fun uh, playing cards. And just, it's such a blessing. If you'd ever be interested, uh, you can take a picture of this. You can go to our Welcome Center and sign up. You don't have to be a member of Crossroads to participate in that. If you love people, then go be a part of loving people. So um, I want to show you a picture of, of the Zulam house, which is my last name. This is the Zulam living room, and here's what you need to know about this. My wife wasn't joking. This picture was taken like six weeks ago. Um, so let the judgment come. I don't care. This is where we're at. This is what we do. Because for me, this time of the year, it's time for 100.3 FM, the all-Christmas channel. That's what time it is for me. It's the time for Christmas caroling. It's the time for sledding with my kids at Romer Park or Romer, however you say it. I don't know. But it's fun for sledding. Um, it's the time for me to personally just give Jeff Bezos a lot of my income <laughs> and, uh, and support Amazon with everything I have. And then it's, uh, it's, it's time for my peppermint mocha at Starbucks because it's like, it's like liquid Christmas. It's Christmas in a cup. It's absolutely unbelievable. And then, of course, for many, it's time for the viewing of It's a Wonderful Life. And... Uh, Whenever I uh, watch It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas, I re I'm reminded of the fact that at Christmas, it's not always a wonderful life, right? Have you, have you seen that? Have you experienced that? That maybe for you here this morning or if you're watching online, that, um, that life's circumstances ha can have a way of robbing from us the wonderfulness of life, that the Christmas season has this power almost like anything else to accentuate everything. So meaning if life is going great, Christmas is just like, woo, 
just makes it extra great. But sometimes, for many, if life is hard, if life is tough, Christmas can accentuate that. It can accentuate that which is already hard and make it even harder. Whether it's a reminder of how this Christmas isn't going to look like last Christmas or just a reminder of who used to sit at the Christmas table that won't be sitting here this year. That Christmas, unlike almost like anything else, can, can almost like move us to one end of a spectrum where we're like really annoying and, and chipper like me. Uh, I can get it Christmas or September um, or whenever, or it can, it can just be a reminder of things aren't the way we would hope them uh, to be. So as much as there are many people who during the season are Christmas caroling and wrapping presents and decorating and anticipating, there are many people uh, in our lives, in our homes, in our cities, in our neighborhoods, in our country, all around the world that for the Christmas season, it's not something they're anticipating as much as they're maybe dreading that this is tough. This is a hard, hard season. So and part of that is why we're doing our brand new series, Tidings of Comfort and Joy. This is part two of this series. And... Uh, we recognize that um, with tidings of comfort and joy, there are many of you here that you have an abundance or surplus of comfort and joy in your life. You have it. You're like, yes, I love it, I love it, I love it. But then we also recognize that there are, there are many here and many in our, in our city who have a deficit of both. They need some more comfort. They need some more joy right now. That this is their greatest need. Now, speaking of great needs, uh, wouldn't it be the merriest Christmas of all if you could get what you really needed for Christmas instead of just what you wanted? So let me ask you a rhetorical question. What do you really need? What do you really need this year? And I don't know how you would answer that question, but here's what I probably know about your answer that it is going to be a lot easier for some friend of yours or family member of yours to give you what you want more than what you really need. That what you really need, it would be a lot easier for you to get yourself what you want more than what you really need. Because people getting us what we want, that can be as easy as an Amazon click. People getting us what we need, now that can be a little bit tricky. Because there are some things that we need that you can't bid on eBay for. There are some things we need that you can't buy with money. There are things that some of us need that can't be wrapped in a box or put under a tree or stuffed into a stocking. Because maybe what you really need for Christmas this year is for some relationship to be restored. You just, that relationship. And Christmas is a reminder that that relationship isn't what it should be. It isn't what it used to be. It isn't what you want it to be. Maybe that's what you need this year. Maybe what you need this year is, is for the power and the ability to forgive someone who's deeply hurt you. And again, Christmas may be a reminder of what that person has said or did that has hurt you. And sometimes you think, oh, I have forgiven them. And then you see them. And you're like, oh, maybe I didn't. <laughs> all that stuff's coming back. All those memories, all those thoughts, all those feelings. I thought I forgave them, but there they are. They're coming over Christmas. Ready or not, here we go. Turn the lights off. Pretend like we're not here. Like it's just a reminder, right? Maybe what you really need for Christmas this year is the power and ability to forgive yourself, which can often be the most difficult person to forgive is you for something you've done that you know has hurt someone else, whether you meant to or not. It hurt them nonetheless. 
Maybe you, what you really need is for some emotional pain or anxiety to go away. Maybe for you, what you really need for Christmas is for some physical ailment or condition to be removed, to be relieved. Maybe what you really need for Christmas is some peace of mind, some peace of mind and rest in your soul. Maybe what you really need for Christmas this year is just some help. You need some wisdom. You need some guidance, some direction for an important decision that you have upcoming. Maybe you're in need of being set free from some bad habit, some addiction, or some sin that trips you up, that causes you to stumble, that sets you back, and you just wish, man, why do I keep going back to that? And I I did good for a week, I did good for a month, but there I am, and often it's some secret thing that you're struggling with, that you're going through. You're like a a silent struggler. You just wish, when is this going to be over? When can I just get beyond that? Maybe that's what you really need for Christmas is to be rid of this thing that so weighs you down. Maybe some of you are living with a great deal of shame or guilt or condemnation and you just, you just want that to be off of you. It like weighs you down. It's a burden upon you. Maybe there's, there's, some, there's some of you here that there's something that's overwhelming you that nothing someone could put under a tree can fix for you. That these things can't be bought, shipped, or wrapped. And they certainly can't be placed under a tree. So what do you need for Christmas? You know what I need for Christmas? Joy, healing, and hope. So I was thinking about the answer to this question. I don't have very much of any of those right now in my life. In fact, I was talking to Jason Gonzalez, one of our our worship leaders. And he's like, how are you doing? I'm like, not good. I try to like not do the whole, hey, okay, I'm great, and then just move on. I try to be honest, and so I did, and he's a good friend and trustworthy dude, so I said, I'm not doing good. I'll be honest, I don't really want to be here today, not because of Luke Cashmitter or anybody else, (laughs) the Coral Edition, nothing. I love you, Luke, right here, buddy. He's my Guatemala boy, man. We're tight. It's because I don't have a lot of joy, And I'm a people person, and so usually being around people makes me better. (laughs) My wife's the opposite. If she needs to get better, she needs to be alone. If I need to get better, just put me around people. And I'm like, come back to life again. And it's not working. It's not doing it for me anymore. So I was telling him, like, look, I'm struggling to be here. I I wake up, and I'm tired. I wake up in the morning, I'm exhausted. I don't have a lot of joy. Some of you know my wife uh, has had a couple autoimmune diseases for the last five years, and uh, that's a burden. That's a, that's a heavy weight upon her. And then, of course, upon those that love her that are wanting to walk with her. So this, I got a deficit of some of that. I need some more of that. I, I was uh, telling Rob, who's our lead pastor, Rob Geiler, he's asking me, how you doing? I was like, well, let me share it to you this way. I, I like to run whenever I can. And so I went up onto... Um, the Bonneville Shoreline Trail from the valley. And so um, I was just going to do a mile in and a mile out. Well, the mile in is a mile up. It's, it's just an up, it's, it's over 500 feet in elevation gain. So that was the first mile. And then I'll just turn around and come back. 
So I did the first mile up, and I'd like to say I ran it. Um, let's pretend like I did, and I didn't stop to power hike, but that may have happened a few times. But that's a long time to just... So my, my splits, my mile splits, my mile up was like over 18 minutes because you're just running uphill straight. And then you turn around, and like I had to like hit the brakes because you're just like gravity's doing all the work. So I went from 19 minute mile to like a nine minute mile on the way down. Like I cut out so much because you're just flying. It's just dangerous. <laughs> and uh, I told Rob, I said, life feels like the first mile right now. Everything's uphill. Everything's uphill. None of, nothing in our life right now feels like the second mile. But that's what I want. <laughs> I want the second mile, don't you? Don't you want the downhill mile where everything is kind of just going in your favor? And here's what I know about this. They can't get me that. They will do their part. But none of them can go, here you go. Guess what I had shipped today? Guess what I had Amazon Primed? Overnight delivery. Here's your healing. Here's your hope. I mean, there's just some things we need that if our family had the desire to, if our friends had the desire to, they wouldn't be able to. I mean, they'll try to add to the joy and they'll pray for me and they'll love me and they'll help me. But I, I would love to be able to go to my wife and go, here's your healing. I don't have the power to do that. Now, I do know someone who does. But that's what I need for Christmas. What do you need for Christmas. See, over time, the Christmas story has really become a story of meeting wants. The Christmas story has mainly been wrapped up in Christmas trees and Christmas lights and Christmas movies and Black Fridays and Cyber Mondays and if you're my wife, Hallmark movies. <laughs> and so, please sign up to watch those with her so I don't have to. Please, anybody. <laughs> That does not give me joy, hope, anything. Please. You'll come over, Bobby. All right. Bobby's down. You got that? All right. Well, like, I'll tag you. You get in. I step out. Sounds good. I'll go watch a Bruce Willis movie. You, you hang out. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you. Uh, But the Christmas story is really a story of God not giving humanity what they wanted, but what they needed. This is why Christmas was initially referred to as just simply the good news. Matthew, who, get this, this is a crazy story I wish I could tell. Matthew is also named Levi. So if you see Levi show up in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Levi is Matthew. Levi was a dirtbag, a scumbag. Levi was a traitor to his Jewish nation, and he was a tax collector. He's literally taking money from his fellow brothers and giving it to the Roman government. So he was despised amongst all of his peers. Everyone hated him. No one liked him because he was taking money from them. And he wasn't just giving it to the Romans who had conquered them. He was lining his own pockets. That's how he made his money. So imagine that. One of your fellow Americans stealing from you to give to some other country. How much would you want to invite them over, right? Not at all. So what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus just does things differently. Jesus is like, hey, Levi, why don't you come hang out with me? To which I'm sure all the other disciples, Peter and John, would be like, uh, 
He doesn't belong with us. He's not one of us. I don't think he likes us and we don't like him. And of course, Jesus is like, yeah, that's all right. I'll take him. You can be on my team. So if you're sitting there today and you're like, oh, Jesus would never pick me for for his team. Oh, oh, you're probably like number one pick. You're probably like the number one pick. (laughs) So Matthew uh, records what was spoken by the angels during the Christmas story to a group of shepherds, right? And these shepherds were not holy men. These shepherds were dirty men. They hung out with animals all day long. In fact, because they hung out with animals all day long, they couldn't even worship in the temple. They couldn't even go to the temple because of how filthy their jobs were and the reputations that they had and the fact they were touching all these animals and sometimes a dead animal. So they would have been banned from even entering in the temple of their day. And who does the angel come to tell them the good news of Jesus? The shepherds. He just loves uh, He just loves the B team. He just loves people that just feel like, oh, I could never, why, I mean, the shepherds show up in the Christmas story. That should really tell you something. If you're like, oh, God wouldn't want anything to do with me, or God would never want to pursue a man. I'm telling you. So this is what Matthew records, or Luke records, sorry. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy. This was Christmas. It was good news that leads to great, great joy. And if, and if you walk with Jesus, it, it is, that is, that's exactly what it is to you. It's good news that brings you great, great joy. That at Christmas, the first Christmas, God was going to bring a present that was just what everybody needed. And this perfect present wouldn't be something God would give as much as it was someone God would send. And this perfect present wouldn't be enclosed in wrapping paper, but in swaddling clothes. And this perfect present wouldn't lie under a tree, but rather in a manger. In fact, this perfect present was a present for the whole world. And this present was his presence. That when God looked at the whole world and thought about what do we really need, his presence was the best present. This is what we really need. When he looked at humanity, we looked at the whole world, that Christmas is a story for the whole world. It's a gift for the whole world that God, when he looked at you and me and everyone that lived at that time, he said, what do they really need? He said, they need me. They need me. They just don't need more stuff. They need my presence, that my presence will be the best present. That God thoughtfully and lovingly and generously and freely gave and sent what humanity really needed. So for many of us, the Christmas season is the story, is the reminder of the great present of his presence. And what's so extraordinary about this present of presence that we celebrate every year at Christmas is that it was miraculously foretold to us about 700 years before it ever happened. I want to take you to this guy, Matthew, who I referred to earlier and some of the words he shared. And Matthew is going to quote a man named Isaiah. If you own a Bible, Isaiah is found in the Old Testament in a book named after himself. He was someone that would speak to the people on behalf of God. God would tell him something and then he would tell others what God was saying, what God was thinking, what God was feeling. And so Matthew, in recording the Christmas story, quotes Isaiah from 700 years before the first Christmas. This is what Matthew, formerly known as Levi, 
said, and all this, he's talking about the Christmas story, everything that's been happening up to this point, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, talking about Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Which you go like, Emmanuel? Okay, who's that? <laughs> we don't celebrate Emmanuel at Christmas. Emmanuel means God with us. And the point of this is not that Jesus would literally be named Emmanuel, but that it would indicate what his role and purpose would be. Because for a long time, for many people, God was out there somewhere. God was distant. God was quiet. God was angry. God is not, we're not sure if God's for us. We're not sure if God likes us all around the world in all different tribes and civilizations. People were making idols and they were making sacrifices and they were putting stuff on top of hills and sacrificing things, sometimes even their own kids, in order to try to get the gods to like them, in order to appease them. What do we got to do? What do we got to do to help God notice us or like us or grow our crops or do whatever? 700 years before the first Christmas, Isaiah, given a vision from God, would predict the birth of Jesus. And one of the distinct purposes of Jesus is that he would be God with us. The Christmas story is the reminder that God came for us so we can go to God. So if you're like, I, I don't know if I could go to God. I got too much stuff. I got too much baggage. I got too much secrets. I got too much of a past. Christmas is the reminder of how far God came for you. And you can come to God. As you are. Right where you're at. Joyless, hopeless, However it is, he went to great lengths for you and for me. Christmas is a reminder that God came for us, so let's not let anybody get in between us and God. Let's not let anybody get in between and be like, oh, no, you can't go right to God. You got to come through me. No, no, no. You don't, you don't have to go through a pastor to get to God. You go to God. He went to great lengths to know you can just talk directly to him. He's a good father. Christmas is a reminder of that whatever it is you really need, his presence is available to you to help meet it. The Christmas story is the story of God seeing a need and meeting a need by sending his son, Jesus. Jesus becoming one among us. Jesus being with us, Jesus being for us. Because if Jesus is God with us, we can rightly deduce that Jesus is for us. That Jesus loves us. And Jesus just doesn't love us, he likes us. How many of you guys know you can like love someone and not like them? You're like, I'll love you because God tells me to, but he never said like you. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I think we can rightly deduce that if God is with us, he then is for us. He loves us and he likes us. I don't know if what's going to be under your tree this year is going to be everything that you need. 
But I know that in Jesus, there's someone who can help you with whatever it is that you really need. That his presence is the best present. So this Christmas season, may your presence under your tree remind you of his presence in your life, your daily life. May you getting some of the things you want remind you that in, in Jesus, what you need is available to you. May what lies under your tree remind you of what laid in a manger. May what is wrapped in paper remind you of what was wrapped in swaddling clothes. May you remember that his presence is the best present of all and it is for all. It is a gift for the whole world. That God is present in every suffering, every painful relationship, every chronic illness, addictions, death of a loved one, unemployment, financial strain, tough teenage years, tough single years. The Christmas is the story of God saying to humanity, I hear you and I'm here with you. I hear you. And that's bringing me comfort knowing God knows what I need for Christmas and he knows what I need for Christmas isn't going to be found under my tree. It's something I need from him. And I was reminded of that when Jason asked me how I was doing and he prayed for me without even knowing fully what I was going through. He prayed that I would remember that God is with me. And if he's with me, then he's for me and he loves me and he likes me and he wants to help me and that is true of you. And if you're here today or watching online and you're far from God, you're not even a follower of Jesus, you're not sure about all that, his presence is a gift for you. Isn't it interesting who shows up around the Christmas story? Shepherds who weren't allowed in the temple and the wise men who are astrologists who probably worshiped the stars and moon. They got an invitation to the manger. crazy. God is just after you. If you're not after God, here's what you need to know, and I'm just going to shoot you straight. He's after you. He is after you. He's after you with his love, and he's after you because of what he wants for you, not from you. He's got a lot for you. He wants to set you free from these things that weigh you down. God hears you, and he's here for you. So, I want to ask uh, if you would like to uh, participate. This could be an all play. A couple action steps maybe we could take. One is maybe just spending some time this Christmas season prayerfully asking God for his presence. Just inviting it. It's there, but just taking time to go, man, I need to be reminded of your presence. Thank you for your presence. And inviting him into the middle of whatever you're going through. Maybe what you need to do here today in addition to that is maybe you need to be present for someone else. How many of you guys know there's power in presence? There's power in someone showing up 
in your home or at your school and welcoming you and hugging you or touching you or praying for you or encouraging you. There's something about the power of just someone showing up. It may not fix everything, but it helps. There's a power of presence. Maybe you could be that for somebody else. Be present for them. Maybe you're here today and you need to seek out presence. You need to seek out someone else's presence. You need to invite somebody in. Maybe you could be there for someone else. Maybe you just need to be honest when someone asks you how you're really doing. And you go, you know what? I'm not, I'm not doing well. I need help. Would you help me? And invite them in. I love the lyrics to the song, O come, O come, Emmanuel, shall come to thee shall come to me. This will be my hope. This will be my joy. And this will be my healing. I want to thank you for being here. Um, we are going to have a Christmas Eve candlelight service at 5.30. It's be an hour long. We're going to sing Christmas songs and uh, light some candles. Everyone's invited to this. Please come. We'll have it at our Ogden campus and at this campus as well. Um, but would you stand with me? I want to pray for all of us. Clay and Justin, could you guys come forward, please, and be available to pray? Would you guys be available to pray and come up? Christy, you could join me in just a minute. Um, if you need prayer for something, uh, we're going to have some friends uh, that just made themselves available because they just found out they were doing it, uh, which is really awesome of you guys. Thank you. Uh, but if you need prayer um, for anything, uh, Lauren, would actually, would you join my wife, Lauren, and, and you guys pray together? Thank you. Um, if you need prayer for anything, they just want to encourage you. They want to love you with the, the love God has given them. If you want to share with them something you're going through, it'll stay with them and you, and they can pray for you. Um, but I want to pray for you. And would you pray, f pray for me as you think of me? And um, I want to once again thank you guys for being here. It is a true blessing and an honor to have you here. And uh, I know you guys just came from somewhere else and now you're here and you got a lot going on. And uh, it's, uh, it's a great blessing. So all of Coral Edition, you guys rock. We love you. Family and friends that came here to support you. Way to go. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for all our friends and family gathered here. Um, Lord, would you use the choral edition to spread hope and joy wherever they go throughout the year? Would you bless them? All those young people. Uh, Lord, would you use them to spread joy to so many people who may be struggling to find it? May you bless them with joy as they go about doing it. God, I thank you for everyone here. I pray you would show us what we really need for Christmas. And then you would meet us in that need because the perfect Christmas gift is the gift that meets a need. And Jesus, in you, our needs are met. Thank you that you hear us. You listen to us. And thank you that you are here with us. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.